Good evening, world. This is the podcast Asset Price, and your host, S. Larkatel. Welcome back to the exciting Delve into Infinite Possibilities 10th Anniversary Edition. We have just cracked the surface on Chapter 1, Thoughts Become Things. The total tome of 26 pages being so important, it seems, Mr. Bob Proctor decided to mention it specifically in the front, and I lament that I did not get through all 26 pages this morning all at once. However, I kept getting interrupted, so it's been one of those days. I will attempt to get at least one solid reading all the way through before we do our podcast tomorrow, so I can at least tell you how long it will take. So we left off yesterday at getting your groove on, after cracking open, excuse me, finishing off the prologue first and then cracking open the very first chapter, Thoughts Become Things, which we've already, we've already really extrapolated uh, that very simple missive in Manifesting Change, but this is his first and seminal work, so we're going to go back and, you know, maybe pick up what changed, pick up other things that he wanted people to know about. I mean, Mr. Proctor's foreword was very, very um, glowing in its praise, so... Can't wait to get get more started. So, before I get farther, farther excuse me, my shout-out to the restaurant industry, all my guys and gals out there in food land, Thank you for all you do, thank you for all you've done, thank you for all you continue to do, and I know it's frustrating right now, a lot of people have for sale signs, or excuse me, for hire signs out, but no one's biting. Or at least it's seen not enough people are biting, let's put it that way. So, difficult situation to be sure. But however challenging it is, I promise it's not insurmountable. If you're feeling overwhelmed, please take a walk, a nap, a shower, a bath, a breath. Pause before you do something you can't take back. Please don't quit. Please don't quit. Alrighty, getting your groove on. So, how do you maximize your adventure through time and space? Two simple steps. First, understand the adventure. As an analogy, you wouldn't try to drive a car until you first understood how it operates and the rules of the road. Secondly, begin living the adventure. To draw from the same analogy, once you've learned about your car and the road, it still remains up to you to get in the driver's seat, turn the key, put it in gear, and go. In other words, apply your understandings. Which, as I said earlier, is what you and I now have, yes, is what you and I now have in common as the mission of our lives. Amazingly, most people seem to think 
that just because they're alive, they automatically know all there is to know about living. People just don't stop to think that there might be more that they already know. There's me, more than they already know. It hasn't occurred to them that things might not be as they seem, and they're not. Fortunately, it only takes a little new thinking to begin seeing things as they really are and to radically change everything. And when it comes right down to it, could anything be easier than thinking? And what could be more rewarding? After all, isn't every major breakthrough, discovery, or personal revelation only a thought away? In fact, the next shocking invention that changes the course of our civilization does not lie far off in the future. It isn't a million or a billion dollars away, or a person or a corporation away. It exists just a thought away from right here and now. It's just a thought away from the thoughts we now entertain. The very thoughts you are now thinking. For instance, first came the thought that people should be able to travel through the air, and then came the reality, aviation. First came the thought that electrical energies could should be manageable, and then came the reality of electricity. And first come goals, such as falling in love, buying a home, and landing a job. And then, click, dreams start coming true. Actually, with much of the world still in survival mode, even right here in the United States, it's both forgivable and understandable that more people haven't extended a little new thinking to the experiences we share and end up taking for granted. Yet times are swiftly changing, and as the world is about to discover, the truth, the truth about our power has been just beneath our noses since the dawn of time. Hmm. Sneeze. All right. So, let's see. Oops, I don't back too far. Hmm. Kind of recapping here. But he's right. Most people don't think about what they're doing day to day. They don't try and direct their thoughts. They think that their thoughts are something that occurs as a byproduct of being. They don't realize that they can direct them. So, be careful what you wish for. Have you ever heard someone say, be careful what you wish for, because you just might get it? I'll bet you have. We all have. And you know what else? I'll bet you believe it's true. Or at least you do to some degree, don't you? But how or why could it be true? Have you thought about that? What mysterious principle might be at play here that could turn a wish into a reality? 
You're probably not superstitious. So what is it? What is the reason you believe this may work? You've likely heard about the power of positive thinking or the new buzzwords, thanks largely, largely to the best-selling DVD and book The Secret, The Law of Attraction. But have you ever stopped to wonder what powers positive thinking or the law of attraction? Something does. And I'm sure you've heard about the art of visualization too. You've probably even tried it. And maybe you've got some great stories to tell about its success. But have you ever stopped to wonder how or why it works? All these concepts pretty much say the same thing. But why do people on every continent believe in them without ever questioning their logistics? Something's going on here. Something big. Really big. My mother likes to say where there's smoke, there's fire. And what's going on here is of such a magnitude that the flames dwarf any other fire known to mankind. But just what is it that's going on? And if there is something, wouldn't it be worth some digging or some new thinking to uncover it, understand it, and then harness it? Wouldn't the effect, wouldn't the effort warrant virtually any sacrifice or commitment? You bet it would. Thoughts become things. In three short life-changing never to be gotten for words to never to be forgotten words the answer to what's going on and to what we've been missing is thoughts become things that's it thoughts become things this is the underlying principle that turns a wish into reality it's what powers positive thinking and gives rise to the law of attraction, and it's why visualizations work. Thoughts become things is the reason dreams and nightmares come true. Because the thoughts we think literally become the things and events of our life. This principle is immutable and is as reliable as gravity itself. Not just sometimes, but all the time. And not just with our positive thoughts, but with the other ones, too. In fact, we can't ever turn it off. All this is awesome news, because every minute of every day we get to choose just what we'll think. Of course, our words and our actions are also supremely important. And much will be said about each in the chapters that follow. Yet both are nothing more than an extension of our thoughts. Our words and actions are merely giving our thoughts, to me, are merely our thoughts given wings. Our thoughts are where everything begins. With this principle, you can bring virtually anything you can imagine into your life. And it's not just limited to attracting material things. You can also imagine more love, more joy, more laughter. Okay. 
much more streamlined way of saying it, as he's been saying it before in many different ways. Alright. Starts as a thought, and then becomes a thing. Our words and our action, excuse me, yeah, and our words and our actions are merely our thoughts given wings. Alright, because if it's something that you can't turn off, fine, okay, that's something you can learn to learn to work around, especially when you realize that you get to pick your thoughts. Even if you do end up having some bad ones, so long as you make sure your good thoughts outnumber the bad ones, or even you get to a 50-50 level, right? Because good thoughts are many, many, many more times powerful than bad ones. But bad thoughts happen. Why? Because we get distracted by the reality of what surrounds us. Perhaps we listen to too much news, or we scroll too much Facebook, or you know, we listen to that gossip from that friend at work we know that we shouldn't. Because they always have the juicy stuff and we're a drama hog. No, I'm kidding. You get my point, right? You get way so much negative news anymore. It's really an unhealthy balance. In order to get to that next level, that next step, you have got to make yourself pay attention to some good news. Find some good things to be grateful for. Alright, because what have we gone over previously? The subconscious's job is to keep us out of danger. It's hardwired in. You are, your brain is wired for survival, not happiness. It will naturally be prone to paying attention to negative news more. Since we're natural creators, and our thoughts become things, if we don't, if this never turns off, we have to be watching our thoughts and what we're paying attention to and what we're giving our energy to. All right? So, our lives evidence that thoughts actually have properties, like those that belong to any material element, and such properties give rise to principles and laws. It's just that these properties, until recently, have escaped the observation of our scientists, engineers, and even most philosophers, because they're obviously invisible to our physical sensory perception and the typical tools of observation. Fortunately, those who need scientific proof, excuse me, fortunately for those who need scientific proof, quantum science is now picking up where Albert Einstein, Einstein left off in explaining the properties of thought and the effect the observer has on his or her experiments. But with or without scientific proof, in the simplest of terms, there is no one who can deny that thoughts exist. And for anything to exist, mustn't it have principles, traits, and characteristics? My message, and that of countless teachers throughout the ages, though each in their own words, is that once a thought is thought, it's as if it's instantaneously endowed with its own power and will to become physical, or, just as miraculously, to begin attracting its nearest equivalent, hence the law of attraction. It's as if it's given a single, solitary mission to manifest into its thinker's life, within time and space. If you think thoughts of material things, 
your thoughts will become those material things. And if you think thoughts of events or circumstances, your thoughts will rearrange the players and the props of your life, predisposing you to those events or circumstances. The only mitigating factors are your other thoughts, which can take on a variety of shades, which are typically referred to as your beliefs, expectations, anticipations, and intentions, to name a few. If you think thoughts of love or hate or of other emotions, your thoughts will shift around the material circumstances of your life so that you will experience those thought of emotions over and over again. Put in other terms, that which you focus on, the mo on more, you create more of. Okay? Um, like all those. Energy goes where attention flows. Or I mean, energy flows where attention goes, right? What you focus on is what you create or what you manifest into your life. Simply because you are giving it your energy, your focus. Been over that. So, caveats. Here are some attributes of this principle you should be aware of. It doesn't matter what your thoughts are, or whether they serve you or not, or whether they're good or not, or whether they're fair or not. Thoughts vis-a-vis -vis this principle are like gravity in that they don't discern or judge what you're thinking. They just exist. So it's up to us to choose our thoughts wisely. As creators, thinking is literally our only point of influence on the world and life's magic. Contrary to the views we inherited as children, such as a thought's a thought, excuse me, a thought's just a thought, abstract and ethereal, what's real is the chair, the table, and the food on your plate. It turns out the opposite is true. Our thoughts are what is real. They're the starting point of all that will become tangible in our lives. Pre-matter, if you will, while the things of time and space are the reflection of what has previously been thought, individually and in mass, and are little more than a mirage. Accordingly, Nothing plays a greater role in how we construct our fortunes and misfortunes than the thoughts we choose to think. When it comes to thoughts about other people, we can miraculously attract those who possess similar thoughts and complementary dreams, potential partners in love or in business, clients, customers, and so on, with stunning accuracy and precision, while simultaneously repelling others. Oops, sorry. We cannot, however, insist on any particular person behaving in a particular way. We simply cannot manipulate others with our thoughts. And most fortunately, nor can they manipulate us. Remember, we went over that in Manifesting Change. We went over it much more uh, comprehensively in that because they are also conscious creators. They are consciously creating their own reality. So it, it, it clashes. We're trying to create our reality. They're, they're allowed to create their own reality. 
okay? You can go, you can request from the universe to go meet a person, but you can't make the universe, you know, you can't make them fall in love with you. You can't make them like you. You can't will them to like you. And you might find out later down the line that, hmm, maybe the universe was doing you a favor in that department. But that's, that's one of the more popular things people are trying to manifest is usually that specific person. We've been over that. Um, and it always goes bunk because, you know, if you're having that thought about whatever person it is, usually that's a person in the public eye. <laughs> Right. Or they have their own expectations and what they're looking for in someone else. Now, sometimes randomly, one-off, yeah, it works. But most of the time, 99.999999999% of the time, right? Most people are not on the same wavelength enough for that kind of thing to happen. It's much better to try and manifest a person, let's say you're trying to manifest a, uh, a boyfriend and a girlfriend, think of the traits that you want. You can use the image of whoever that is as your ideal, but try and visualize the traits that you're wanting, not necessarily the actual person. And you'll have much greater success with someone who you actually want to be with. Alright. Alright, where was I? Hmm, okay. I think I got a little after. So we'll go back. So we, we simply cannot manipulate others with our thoughts. And more fortunately, they, they cannot manipulate us. Yes, that's a good, good way of looking at it. Like, if we can't manipulate somebody else with our thoughts, that also means they can't manipulate us with theirs. And if we wouldn't like somebody else manipulating us to do something we wouldn't necessarily want to do, we don't get the opportunity to do that to somebody else. That's why... I've, that's why it um, caught my attention. Okay. Influence, sometimes. Manipulate, never. The other person or people must be in alignment or agreement with our thoughts for there to be a partnership, a friendship, or even an adversarial relationship. But with a cast of over 7 billion people on the planet to choose from, and our interconnectedness with them, all through our innate divinity... We can always find exactly what we're looking for, as long as we don't insist upon who it is. So when it comes to thinking thoughts about specific others, try this. Take them out of the picture and instead imagine how you want to feel, or the end result of whatever it is you really want. Words from the man. Right? For instance, if you want to redirect an old lover back into your life, don't think of that person. Simply imagine the love you want to feel and share. 
Let your thoughts bring you what you really want. In this case, the feeling of love with the right person, not a specific person. I can hear the cries of protest already, saying that it really is a specific person missing from your life, as well as the love you shared with them. I know how tough this shift from other to self can be, so I'll give it more excuse me, I'll give it more explanation a bit later. For now, let me just say that if you're really hung up on a particular someone, then there's something you're missing. There's something you're misunderstanding about your fabulous self, your magical world, or the infinite possibilities that remain for the happiest, most romantic years of your life. And perhaps the reason that specific person is no longer in your life, or is out of your realm of influence, is so that you will be led to finding the truth about what you've been misunderstanding, clearing the way for someone even more ideally suited to you than you can presently imagine. Here's the good news. Whatever it is you're missing, it's only a thought away, and infinitely closer to you than that specific someone, and infinitely easier for you to attain. And once you think it, look out, world, because the love you're missing will quickly flood into your life again, unlike anything you felt before, which is exactly what you have to look forward to. Nothing plays a greater role in how we construct our fortunes and misfortunes than the thoughts we choose to think. Let me give you an example of how best to use your thoughts in order to possibly influence a specific person. Let's say you want to improve how your child is doing in school. The best thing to do is to picture in your mind is your child wildly happy, fulfilled, laughing, and confident. Which is what you're really after anyway, right? This is far more effective thinking of specific things, excuse me. This is far more effective than thinking of specific things happening to or for your child, such as grades going up or seeing him or her excel in any particular endeavor. What we're really after is happiness, either for ourselves or for others. And that's easy to imagine. See smiling faces, feel warm embraces, and hear praise and congratulations. In all these imaginings, you want to leave out the details of how something will happen. The manifestation process always works quickly and harmoniously, just as air bubbles from the bottom of the sea always find the fastest way to the surface, unless we get in their way. Your thoughts, like the air bubbles, have their own default setting to manifest as quickly as possible tempored only by your other thoughts. For instance, if you start off with demands such as, I'll only be truly happy when so-and-so does such-and-such, you shut the door on all the other ways you could be equally happy. Surrender the hows even as you continue living your normal life, 
knocking on doors, turning over stones, but not insisting upon which doors open or which stones possess your solution, but only upon the end result you desire. And we are going to pause there as the next little bit is titled The Evidence. We'll come back to that tomorrow. Oh, ye. Alrighty. Alright. Briefly going back over why not to mess with the Cursed House. I hadn't heard that Air Bubbles one before. I like that one. Nothing plays a greater role in how we construct our fortunes and misfortunes than the thoughts we choose to think. So, let's go back to that um, child. Maybe you want to improve them, how they're doing in school. So, maybe you visualize their report card coming home. And they come in excited to, see, to show you and they're dancing in the air. That would be visualizing an end result. Okay, not how the child will do in school. Not... Um, individual grades from these individual classes just they bring home their report card yay mom I've got you know this and I've got that and just imagine them smiling happy proud of themselves that kind of thing and of course then you can model that for anything else that you want to um, manifest so you know maybe you do want to meet someone famous uh, Visualize how you'd be acting after that person walks away. You can even mimic how you'd be doing. Really put yourself in the moment. See what happens. Now, of course, you do still have to leave your house in order for that kind of an occurrence to happen. The person's not just going <laughs> to... Fall on your front porch and say, hi, my name is. Right? You actually have to go out and, and go do things. So you may want to put that one on pause until more places open back up again. Just to increase your chances and possibilities. Just saying. So we will come back tomorrow at the evidence. Hmm. But, uh... Yeah. Oh, man. I love his writing. But, again, as he was, you know, so keen to point out, if you want to redirect an old lover back into your life, don't think of that person. Imagine the love you want to feel and share. Leave it open to someone that's better than your ex. Because they're, they're your ex for a reason. Yeah. Imagine the love you want to feel. But don't attach it to a person. Right? We went over that. Traits. Imagine traits. They make me laugh. They make me feel safe. They make me feel loved. They do little things for me. Okay? Things that you would appreciate. Then imagine that happening. And imagine it being real. And again, with manifesting change, 
don't spend so many hours of the day on it. He only does it for four minutes a day, his visualizing for his happier life. So try and keep it to under 10. But do, do visualize daily. Do visualize daily. All right, so we are going to do our two-minute brain break. So go ahead and do a little wiggle and get in a stretch. And we'll get that done. Just let your awareness settle into the space. And in front of you, I want you to imagine, visualize, feel as best you can. Someone you love very, very much. spouse, can be a family member, can be your best friend or your friend, someone you love very much. And now I want you to imagine they walk forward and give you the biggest, snuggest, hug that you haven't felt in forever. And I just want you to sit there for a moment. Here in this mutual exchange of care and compassion. And just enjoy. And breathe. 
ready? Open your eyes. All right, guys. Whew. I still love that one little quote on the back. You are the artist who never sleeps. Continually, yet unconsciously, rearranging the images of your life on your life's canvas with brush strokes of thought. <clears throat> Thoughts become things. Your thoughts don't stop becoming things. It's a continual process, whether it's something you want or something you don't want. Thoughts exist. You get to pick your thoughts, but if you're not controlling them, if you're not picking them, right, just letting them pop up willy-nilly here and there, be mindful of yourself. Choose thoughts you do want. Choose endings you do want. I will see you guys tomorrow. Can't wait to get it more into chapter one. Infinite possibilities. Oh, I really like his stuff. All right. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you. I will see you guys tomorrow. Have a great rest of your evening. This is the podcast Sassafras signing off.